the last time we recorded was August, and it's now uh, what month is it again? October. <laughs> October. How does time yeah. work? I forget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah. So we we decided a while ago that we were gonna put a load out together or like a few out at the same time. So I think we're gonna gonna do so that. You're probably now. hearing that hearing those now, or mm-hmm. you will be hearing those if you keep listening. Yeah. And. And this is a yeah, continuation from our uh, our mid-season break. <laughs> yeah, these these ones were all ones that we uh, were able to get together and record in person because it was a summer and things were looking up. But uh, now it's October and things are looking shit again. Yeah. So, enjoy. <laughs> so, as everyone goes back into lockdown, I guess... I hope you will be listening more or again, yeah. you know, it kind of just started in lockdown and there was four people in lockdown. I suppose we kind of took a break as we were partying all summer and uh, it's back to lockdown. So yeah, here so you go. Here, <laughs> I can listen to some uh, nostalgia for that great summer we had. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't too bad in all fairness. Like, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. yeah right. What was going on? Could be a lot worse. Yeah. Anyway. Good luck. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> what are we doing here? Let's forget our existential dread and grab another beer. And just live day to day like we've been doing it for years. And after all, it's neither there nor Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Drunk Cast. <laughs> I was the sound of me drinking wine. And now you're going to hear the sound of me drinking wine. Gotta get those in ears. ASMR. Jesus Christ. But everyone, that was not a sound effect put in. That was. Oh, natural. <laughs> We've drank an entire can of beer each, and now we're drinking wine. Mm-hmm. So we're mm-hmm. going to get a loose. Ooh. It's an episode of Loose Man. Loosey good. <laughs> Loosey good. Loose Man, if you want me to be loose, you just need to give me about three WKDs, and then my legs are open for any man. I actually, uh, yeah, the I actually, finger just fits right in after that. Yeah, pretty much. I actually, <laughs> had to go, I actually got to go to a doctor for back problems because I was lying on it so much. You're back? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh, and can I ask you a question? Do you know the difference between 10 cocks and a joke? No. I can't take a joke. Uh. <laughs> 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 now that's good comedy. Yeah. Anyone that has heard that joke before, the reason that's funny is because it's inflected on myself. <laughs> and true. Yeah. And, <laughs> and true. <laughs> And we all know jokes are funnier if you explain the humor. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ten times funnier. Um, well, we've already been, as I mentioned, we've been kind of warming up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get, get, sort of <laughs> <laughs> getting liquored up. Getting and washed. Up. Yeah. I was listening to uh, an episode of Radio Lab uh, during the week there actually, and um, it's like one of the guys who's been on it for years is um, retiring, mm. and. Um, the his like co-host was saying that like his the best part 
or like the most one of the most important parts that he didn't really realize was the like half hour before they actually start rolling where they just like kind of recalibrate and they like talk shit for like 20 minutes before they start the podcast and i was like oh, that's really nice kind of like a vocal warm-up for like a singer sort of thing but it's like a con conversation warm-up as yeah, well. yeah. He's, like, he's like um he's saying about how like the other host he's like he noticed that he's got a like um he puts a high importance on like um fun and stuff like that mm. so when they have that talk it like reminds them that it's like oh yeah it's like we're talking about good sh- like real stuff and like we've got stories to report on but it it has to be fun. And it's like yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like enjoying a, this. this yeah, it's like, like a, a chore kind of thing. Yeah, it's like a readjustment every time they they warm up. And I was like, oh, that's, that's pretty nice way nice. to put it. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty sweet. I suppose that kind of makes sense. So you get the you you're already in the flow, and like the flow developing like halfway through or half an hour into the podcast, which makes sense. Yeah, if somebody's listening. You're already it's like you jump in and like a conversation. Yeah, <laughs> that's why it's always good to. Like to there now, I just started recording because it's like oh, if we if it's not usable, it's not usable. But if it is, sure. And was that thing as well? Like if you just record all of it, there's gonna be something good in there eventually, yeah. or there's always gonna be stuff in there. Like it could be even if it's fifty fifty. Yeah, that's still pretty good. <laughs> if you but do I two hours, that's a good solid hour of listening. Like you know? I think that happened on a podcast that we did before, where like there was something at the start, and. Like we just kind of mentioned, and then we kind of went off, and then we introed, mm. and I was just like, oh, "I'll just put that wee bit that we, or we said something funny or whatever, mm. and then take out all that shite, and then just go to the good yeah, where yeah, we yeah. actually start the podcast. podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> take out that kind of fucking not even filler that's yeah. dead air. <laughs> it's like, how are you today? Fine. Yeah, I'm fine too. <laughs> Great listening. <laughs> Eat any food? Yeah. I also like to n- nourish myself. <laughs> uh, how long has it been since we did this? Like a month? <laughs> well, according to our more. listeners, no time at all. No, too long. <laughs> all five of our listeners. I'm going to take off all the <laughs> old episodes and re-upload them. So all it's all so it's all in the space of like a week. I will admit, like, oh, I these guys are prolific. <laughs> I will admit it did feel better because there was some weekends that like I think it didn't suit me and some weekends didn't suit you and then there was like one weekend where it just didn't suit either of us and I was like, yeah. oh, I don't want to let Owen, Owen die and he messaged me and it's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Which is kind of nice because I suppose yeah. like when we started it, <laughs> there was no chance of us being busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of true. Yeah, that's and then like we got busy and it's like everyone had to like yeah. get that wee bit of release from the measures eased and it was like yeah, yeah I'm sorry I'm going to cap and we can was like I completely understand yeah. <laughs> but yeah we talked about in the last one that uh, we're, we might try like recording a bit of a backlog and then putting a few together so yeah so we can kind of keep ahead of ourselves so we might, do that. Sense. We might do that this time mm. I haven't even done any editing and it's just been a lazy shit and we should try and get like Bluetooth mics just sell tape into ourselves and just walk around constantly talking. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's a bit weirder this time too because we have actually seen each other recently. Oh. It's not our weekly. We've already had our catch up. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was up last week, which was kinda, yeah. I'm up two weeks in a row, which has been pretty rare. Yeah, that's like an anomaly. Yeah. <laughs> Even before lockdown, that was rare. Yeah, 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 yeah it's pretty true. And I was only up for kind of two weeks ago because bank holiday and then scan, scan, so. 
Yeah. Scan was all good, everyone. CT St- scan. Is everything still there? <laughs> what was left yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine, it's like, one? <laughs> and the doctor doesn't know. Yeah, the doctor doesn't know. Oh, we were supposed to take your right one all those years ago, so I guess we're just going to have to, that's it. <laughs> these headphones hmm. it's kind of annoying but yeah. now I feel now I feel naked hmm. well what if you got naked do you think you'd feel more clothed oh my god oh and of course just a wee bit of background effects here this, today's episode is brought to you by Alabama <sighs> Putting the locked in lockdown. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Fantastic. I was just going to do the Simpsons quote, but that was far better. (laughs) What were you going to do? I don't know. I'll call the cause Uh, of and solution to all of life's problems. (laughs) And alcohol is a solution. Yeah, that's true. Science joke. (laughs) That's why it wasn't funny. I get chemistry. (laughs) Hey, science jokes are going to be funny. That was... Not an example. Of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're out there somewhere. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Oh no, I, I am coming up blank. <laughs> I just the thing is, though, like most scientists don't really like science jokes, but then of course I do because most of them are bad jokes. Hmm. Just kind of like puns and everything. That's all my jam because usually I'm the only person in the room that finds it funny. But what I like to say is that whenever I finish calibrating the balances at work, I say, I'm so glad I got that done. It was weighing me down. And then if somebody says something... Because weight is a scientific uh, measurement. Yeah, yeah. Is that the joke? Yes, it is. (laughs) And also, I like to sell people that, um, you know, if they say something back, I say, oh, am I keeping you off balance? And then there's a balance called the top pan, and then I would just go like, and that's the way things pan out. And then usually... Jeez, this is a treat for getting all your materials for free. Yeah. <laughs> and then you usually have to pay for this stuff <laughs> on no no places I sell <laughs> And uh, just to let you know, I don't think people like me at work, and I can't figure out why. <laughs> is it because you say the same, those same, <laughs> same jokes, jokes every day? <laughs> yeah. For instance, because there's been nobody on my uh, team this entire week, I'd say I've probably, seen, I've probably said all those jokes about once a day. But the worst thing is... is Sometimes I just say them to myself. <laughs> Guess I'm so off okay, balance Thomas. today. Like, hey, Thomas one. Yeah. <laughs> what is it, Thomas it, two? Email myself. <laughs> hey, Thomas, do you have a funny joke? No. Send an email change to yourself. <laughs> send me. Uh, send Tom- from your Hotmail to your Gmail. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas, there's been no, there's a lot of interest in the activity on your server. Uh, <laughs> why do you keep talking to yourself? I'm just so damn funny. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta write this shit down. You've you've written down the same joke every single day, and not a single one of them was funny. <laughs> they wouldn't get it. Mm. Um. Also, one of my favorite uh, jokes to make it work. I actually, got Noel was it a guy I work with today? Noel's this guy. He's absolutely so sound. But you, what you two massive like kind of say flasks that you use are called Durans. And he was uh, walking. It's a better be a Duran Duran joke. It is. Yeah, he was holding two Durans, and I went, "No, it's your favorite band, Duran Duran." And I actually got him. He hadn't heard it before, and I was like, ha, 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 "Yes, 
boy. And uh, I can't remember what did he come up. He said something back to me. Oh, uh, you know, even a, a stop clocks to write twice a day. Yeah, <laughs> but he came back up and he said something to me, and I can't remember what it was. And I was like, "That's pretty good, no?" Because usually when I tell people that joke, they just go. Yeah, it's like, are you, are you conditioned not to, uh, like, most comedians on the, they're going for the laughter. Yeah. But you go get the sigh, you're just yeah. like, yes, I was like, that was the one. I was so, it was so rare that, like, I didn't get the sigh from, and then there was a guy at work, I don't work with him at the moment not anymore, because he's a guy I, got, I used to work with, I got moved to Rotation Dara, and uh, we make buffers at work, and I got him really good, because, like, he was, like, Thomas, you're like he told me before. He's like you're full of like shit jokes and puns. He was like, but you, I've never. He was like, I've never met someone with so many. He's like, I've never, I usually people come up with like once a week, not like five a day. And I was like, you know, like we're making buffers and stuff. I was like, I was like, do you want like to drink them after the gym? And he was like, what? He was like, what? I was like, he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, because it makes you buffer. And it <laughs> absolutely got him. It absolutely got him. Like he actually pissed himself laughing. And he was like, fuck's sake! Like he was like pure annoyed at himself for finding it funny. And I was like. You see, man, thousand shit jokes, one good joke. Yeah. I gotta get there once in a while. Like, but see, I think like that's where our uh, philosophy and puns differ. Like, you're just like, it's like if there's shit, then that's grand. Or I believe in the beauty of it, a good pun. No, but you see, I do too. <laughs> but I also believe in the beauty of a bad pun, mm. where it's like I'm a succubus and I. I get happier because I've made everyone else in the yeah. room unhappy. But then, you see, that buffer one, I think, is a good pun. And I'm really happy with that. That reminds me of a... That reminds me of a segue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, do you mean those things you stand on and drive about? <laughs> no. Uh, that reminded me of what we did in the shadows. What we see... Have you watched the TV show? No, I haven't yet. I keep meaning to. That was one of the things I watched over the last... Month or so. Yeah, <laughs> we talk who, who knows? Or what do we do? Is that <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, watch season two though, and uh, one of the um, like the new things they introduced is the energy vampire. Hmm. It's basically what you're saying. It's like <laughs> they just go around and like make like bad jokes and stuff, and like just tell boring stories, and people just like pass out, and then they just get pure energy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, he that it's um. The actor is in the American office. He's like um, Dwight's friend. He's a bald guy with glasses. He's not in it a lot. I think he like works in the warehouse in the office. I'd imagine it's one the guy that I bet you if I seen him, I'd recognize him. If you know yeah, what I mean. probably yeah. Um, I I can't, I can't think of anything else I know him from. But yeah, he's like he's the energy vampire, and he's just this kind of bland like. But yeah, but there's a great episode, basically just all about him, and. Um, he like gets really powerful to the extent where he can just like say it, say like a word or a phrase, and people just pass out. <laughs> and he's like just going around the offices and it's like, uh, I can't remember. They just say things like it's like Friday feeling, and people just like passing out or whatever. It's just like he <laughs> gets like really powerful and starts being able to fly and stuff. Oh, it's so funny. There was this guy I worked with in CLS, and I thought it was so funny because I described him as the, uh, um. The most stock human being I've ever met, <laughs> <laughs> and this was like after like he's uh, like the unpainted uh, figurine. Oh, oh yeah, no, like I don't think you understand. Like he was the most stock because like I he was in he was in CLS and um like he's like the blank slate before you customize your sim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and I was like, I like, because I, I said this to people at CLS, and the first time I went out drinking with him, one of the guys in the was Finney and I, and he told me it was like one of the first I've heard, because like, you, if you met this guy, it's like he's literally somebody, but uh, yeah, he was the most stock human being because he honest to God without any sense of sarcasm. was like, if you'd be like annoyed on Monday, oh, Monday blues guys, huh? <laughs> and then case of the Mondays, yeah, case of the Mondays. You got any midweek plans? Um, and like any <laughs> plans day. this weekend? Yeah, like you know, yeah, he was like, oh, every single Wednesday, happy hump day, guys. And like, do you see, like, I remember chatting with boys about it. I was like, I think this guy's like a fucking robot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, what? And I was like, because it used to be pure about like you have to do it in science lab, GMP, good manufacturing practices, and GMP. It was a great thing because it's all about standardization. But the way he was about it was like he used to try and act as if he knew more. And it's like, man, you've you started at the same time as all of us. Like, you, you don't know anything extra. But he'd go around and he'd just like, oh, no, like, oh, I don't know how to describe it. It was, it'd be, it's very hard if you've never met him. But either way, he's the most stock human being I've ever met. And he spent the last nine months of his life making stocks. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that, was, that I, I just thought that was very ironic. I was like, that's perfect for him. Like, that's exactly who he is. Yeah. Like, I just got it was a robot the way he went on. Like, it's just he just it's like he he just it was so it was like he wasn't even mechanical his movements. He was just mechanical in the sayings. I like I tried chatting to him once like about anything, and all he was like was like, I might go to the gym tonight. I might not. And I was like, that's great. Like you know, do you watch any TV shows? Do anything? He was like, I don't know, but. I'm still undecided about the gym, and I'm like, <laughs> can we get back to that gym thing? Again? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like I really wanted to talk about the gym. Yeah, but it's like that that, that, that conversation was going fucking nowhere, man. It's, it's like, <laughs> like, I'm not going to the gym with you. I'm not going to be like yes or no. I was like, you know, well, why don't you go to the gym? He's like, yeah, but I'm kind of tired. And I was like, it is, he's like, it is hump day. I was like, you probably shouldn't go to the gym. It's hump day. But I might go to the gym. But the way I described it is, I imagine he goes home at night and sits beside his favorite lamp with it on, and then turns it off, goes to sleep, recharges in the charging port and then goes back to work Carl if you hear this <laughs> nobody likes you <laughs> I hope that was his real name <laughs> it was yeah <laughs> uh, you're like 24 and grey haired shut up <laughs> note to the editor <laughs> which is me change that name <laughs> bleep out that name he'll know who he is no that was a fake name so if you are listening to this that was not a fake name no, <laughs> shut up it was a fake name That's and if you're listening to this and that is your name then no it wasn't you because the name has been changed yeah but I just want to point out that <laughs> please don't say his name again okay I only want to edit it out the once okay I won't say Carl his name again ah. <laughs> the only reason that nobody really liked him is because he had hilarious voiceover <laughs> it's like and Carl <laughs> 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 is it he was he was a tight so that's why he used to he used to not sit with us he used to sit with the managers and we were like all right then you're too good for this <laughs> <laughs> fucking nerd it's what uh i'm not gonna say names but my housemate was saying about like people he works with it's like he's like they're just like finance nerds yeah <laughs> <laughs> or it's like they're, oh i can tell who I, that is <laughs> <laughs> i'm guessing this means like they're normies like that are nerds about their job but don't even realize they are yeah. that makes sense because he's saying it's like if he makes any kind of weird joke they're just like what you can't say that they're like you know what i mean it's like you say anything like out of the ordinary or yeah just you know, just be funny i suppose express yourself it's like what are you doing just be yourself <laughs> yeah. And yeah like i'm not really my i'm a really that's why i'm unemployed <laughs> 
I'm a very, very toned down version of myself at work. Even with the puns, they don't say them half as yeah. much as you would think. Like, and it's just more like, I suppose more as I even will get to know people will be fine. But it's just also because I know that I'm a bit of a weird character. <laughs> you know, oh, like yeah. Yeah. I know I'm a freak. <laughs> yeah, and not like these. Sometimes people. I remind myself that. Yeah, it's like I find myself getting more, like worked up about something. that's like, but you're a freak. Oh. I'm like, okay. You're an anxious weirdo, Thomas. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> oh. But yeah, well, but that makes sense. Like, if you, if you didn't, like, tone yourself down, then that would be way worse. Yeah. Oh, to, oh, definitely. <laughs> no, but like, if you didn't have the self-awareness to be, like, be professional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? That's true. Sure. Like, I'm pretty, like, you know, but there's, like, there's a thing about, like, being professional of, like, you know, I get my work done and I do everything as best as I can and, like, you know, make mistakes, try and correct them and all, but I'm also not, like, such a dry shite that I don't try and have the crack with people, you know, like, in a way, like, like, but there's, there's just, there's, like, there, in all fairness, they are pretty good in there, but, like, there was one guy today, like, I was, like, because uh, fixing HPLC, we had, uh, it started going over pressure and what actually happened is, essentially, say, the tubes connecting it I had to cut one off and you have to kind of flatten the edge because if there's any kind of like it needs to be like completely flat or it can damage the flow and then that causes the pressure to build up and shut off but I went up to one of the guys today and I was like here man because he he done it before me before and I was like hey man do you have time to do this he was like no no I'm like too busy so I was like yeah that's fine like you know you don't have to f-. he was like it's on changeover and do the solution he's like why are you coming asking me this now and I was like because I didn't know you were on changeover. <laughs> if I knew you were on changeover, I would have just been like, all right, man. I was like, hey, man, sorry, do you have a Stanley knife then? I was like, yeah, he was like, yeah, okay. He was like, thank you. He was like, that's, like, you know, all you have to say is like, sorry, I'm busy. Not like... Use English language. Yeah, exactly. Not just like, just like, at least why... We can convey information using words. But also, you can just say, no, I'm busy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Just say something... But there's, you don't have to make like it's like a it's like a I'm really like being a, a dick putting him out asking him for help and it's like I don't know but like in all fairness he is grand he's just he's just a bit of a grumpy bastard but I'm just kind of like that's that that to me is unprofessional yeah. you know you, it's it's actually professional to be able to say no I'm busy it's professional to be yeah. able to say I have I need help it's professional to say uh, maybe in an hour or Absolutely. like you, if you're not look one of the most important things is communication yeah exactly and like. Uh, fucking that just like I was just like why do you like you know like they do get under what that like and I find it so funny because they say that in there of the sorry <laughs> they say that in there a lot of time like oh, so grumpy and like someone's gonna be so aggressive and I'm like I've worked in a kitchen like this is fuck <laughs> <laughs> like you know what I mean I'm just like yeah like I just kind of get like I just get like you just it's kind of like that I'll just I'll let him have his wee vent and I'll be like sorry for asking and then that's it reminds me of um. Uh, mates around about this um, subreddit K- Kitchen Confidential I think I follow that yeah <laughs> yeah and Tales from the Kitchen and K- Kitchen Confidential that's the book I'm going to possibly read next the Anthony Bourdain one alright oh, well this is like just because uh, it's like in like the group chat or one of the group chats it's like one of my mates was like I'm not even don't do these, this work but I can relate yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see if I can find one here quickly <laughs> This is totally unrelated. <laughs> For those listening at home, I'm going to do an audio uh, book uh, of a meme. meme yeah, narration of a meme. <laughs> so, we've got a two-panel image. Our first panel, there's a lady, possibly some kind of medical professional, handing a man a bundle 
Could be a tile. Could be something in it. Just making it really like hard to understand. <laughs> and she's a bit says, ambiguous. <laughs> Sorry, your wife didn't make it. Second panel. This smug bastard's looking at the camera and he says, Okay, but can you bring me the one my wife made? Top quality humor. It's all the, it's the way I tell him. Top shagger. <laughs> it's the way I tell him. For some reason, I was thinking about um, the time I, I don't know, <laughs> the two uh, cigarette-related pranks that I pulled on <laughs> two of my friends. <laughs> <coughs> One was on Ryan, where I like uh, made a fake roll and filled it with ash. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking about how I like managed, how did I like sell that? Because I like I don't know I had the idea I like, just made a, a rolly where I just rolled around the filter yeah so it's like an empty empty cone, thing and then just and filled put, up put tobacco in it and then put a wee bit of put filter or put ash in it and then put a wee bit of tobacco at the end so mm. it looked like a rolly so I was like oh, I'll just leave this here now and then when he came into the room I was like oh man by the way I rolled that rolly but I don't really want it and I was like oh, okay I was like Pfft. he got pure thick and another time I got corn by uh, like halfway down the the rolly there was like a bit of uh, an incense stick. <laughs> it was like see there's like subtle art to these things. It's like, you gotta put a, if you're pulling a rolly full of ash, you gotta put a bit of tobacco with them so it looks legit. Yeah, because like someone's gonna notice. Like also the ash would all fall out probably. No, yeah, 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 you gotta keep the tobacco to keep that in there. Yeah. Plus gonna, they're gonna take a toke or two and then realize. Yeah, yeah. And if you're going to put incense, similar, if you're going to put incense in the really, don't put the whole way in. you got to be able to smoke it first. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, what the fuck's going on now? That's supposed to be the classic thing of, you know, you put like, you break like a match in half. You're supposed to put that oh, at yeah, the bottom. Because like, yeah. then like halfway through the rolly, it'll just go. Yeah. <laughs> Which I also wondered about because it's like, but would they inhale a bit of phosphorus? <laughs> you know, it's like. Ah, you're yeah. smoking plenty of other shit. Ah. Sports humor. <laughs> but if you're smoking a fag, there's plenty of other shite. Probably phosphorus in it anyway. There's yeah. definitely arsenic, which is like way worse. The grand. I just found it funny about arsenic, which is in cigarette smoke, was Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who wrote Sherlock Holmes. Um, fucking Sherlock Holmes was like. That was a, for the listeners at home because I knew that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was like an opium addict, but then Arthur Conan Doyle himself was an arsenic addict. And whenever that's he cocaine that Sherlock Holmes is addicted to. No, he was always an opium den, wasn't he? He probably was cocaine too, but I thought he was an opium den. Maybe I'm getting this wrong. Maybe, maybe well, I can't actually remember. Could have been a bit of both, but I yeah. think there was something about taking cocaine to like keep his. But I feel like back then, or something, you were given cocaine for that anyway. Maybe. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then the writer himself was actually addicted to arsenic. I think whenever he died, the like. Uh, the uh, coroner's report was like there was like 10 man's worth of arsenic within his bloodstream which is too much yeah <laughs> <laughs> I know scientists here are just uh, spitballing well I just I just want to think that I think I could at least handle 11 man's worth <laughs> How much, what are you saying man's that's the way the coroner's report put it because it was like the 18 18- what was that going to do? Was he in the eighteen hundreds or the nineteen hundreds? I feel like he was the eight, I feel like he was eighteen fifty. Or am I like 
Yeah, I think he was like 1850. I think he was before Bram um, Stoker. Fucking awful with dates. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure Arthur Conan Doyle was in the 1800s. I've got no, like... Do you know what I mean? I don't I think he, he came yeah. out. He didn't come out in like the 1930s or the 1940s or 1950s. I think it was the 1840s or 1850s. Sounds right. But like both. So that's that's why I'm saying it like that because that was their, yeah. their their speak. No, I'm just clarifying what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Either way, guys, apparently... How many mans am I? Yeah, exactly. But you see, that's the funny thing. It's like, what is a man? <laughs> what is a man's worth of arsenic? Yeah. Like, surely that's fuck all, really. It's a poison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We say drinking alcohol. But yeah, um, I was talking about that uh, recently with someone. It's like dates and stuff to me just like never went in. Like even like at school doing history and everything. It's like it's just the least interesting bit of information. Yeah, about everything. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll at best get the decade. Yeah. I'll be like, that's the seventies, that's the eighties. I'll, that, yeah. that's about as specific as I usually get. Like, like two hundred like, only... people died on this date. It's like two hundred people died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's like the only like date I know is my birthday. The, like, yeah, like, that's the interesting shit. I'm, you've lost me as soon as you start saying numbers. It's like, what? Yeah, yeah. But you get right there. It's like, it's not, well, it's not that the date does matter. I suppose like because it's important to remember and stuff like that. But I get what you mean. It's like you're gonna be. It's like you know, it starts in like fucking. In 1916, the rising happened, which we all yeah. know, and it's like. But the important thing isn't that it was in 1916. Yeah. The reason that 1916 is important is because the rising happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's just I don't know whatever way my brain works. It just it, it just glosses over that. It, it I find it really hard to attach meaning to it or something. Yeah. This is like so yeah. I'd dates. be I'd be wild I'm for for confusing dates. I'd be wild for confusing dates too, like or yeah. like you know if like two or three things happen in the same year, it's like I'll probably get all three things right and get all the order of the dates wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I do that with words too, actually. Sometimes I like kind of gloss over. Like I, I for example, I watched um, watched another segue. What's oh, the first? <laughs> like. I think that's my new thing for this episode, just pointing out all the segues. Segways. I watched a segue earlier. Yeah. Um, Man just rolled season, on past. Third season of Dark. Oh, yeah, that's that German... Sci-fi... Sci-fi, weird, supposed to be like Stranger Things, yeah. but German. Yeah, it's... I don't know if Stranger Things is inaccurate. I remember that would be like the kind of selling point when it came out, yeah, but it's way different to the Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember uh, talking to... Uh, to a friend about that and it's like oh what's that new season of black and they're like black and it's like uh, dark it's like it's like sometimes you're a walking head, thesaurus right there <laughs> you're, you're like on the same lines like but it's like sometimes I feel like I get so excited to get to the point that I like skip over a wee bit yeah. so it's, like, it's like I know what I want to say but yeah. I know it is what I have to say first <laughs> yeah it's like I just like fall in it's like I, I want to talk about it I do like the the actual like <laughs> the little detail of what it's called is irrelevant it's like mm. let's talk about the show you yeah, this, I mean? the, yeah like, this is the point i want to get to so i'm, I'm rushing you're rushing yourself so yeah, it's like I a spell it's like a spell just, mistake but like yeah it's like but i, I do that a lot where i like, say the wrong thing and then i kind of like notice on someone's face it's like hang on i said something wrong there <laughs> i can i can understand yeah. that i say the wrong words a lot oh there's a good uh segue I keep ruining them by pointing them out. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, one of the things, one of the, uh, uh, let's try that again. 
Mm. Great podcast I listened to since the last episode. Um, I actually listened to it there over the last couple of days. Was it like yesterday and the day before? I listened, I listened to it again because I loved it so much. Mm. But uh, I found this philosopher called uh, Pete Rollins. He's a philosopher. You love your guys named Pete? Mm. 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 It's actually with the podcast I listen to. It. I find him on Pete Holmes' podcast. <laughs> and it's like become one of my favorite just episodes of that podcast is class. But um, he's he's a philosopher and he's also like a quote unquote uh, radical theologian. Okay. But he's from Belfast. Oh, right. Yeah. So I found him on this. Uh, I was born everyone just to point that out. Just, uh, <laughs> he was born Don't know in Belfast. Shotgun shell. In the late eighties, my dad got out of prison, but my man made babies. Yes, that's none of that's true. Shout out to what's his name again? Fucking I don't know. Some what's Leo? Leo? Hang on. <laughs> I need a, I need to shout out his name. <laughs> He's the Muggsy of Belfast. And <laughs> Oh, don't hold back on Jesus Christ that'll be edited out <laughs> John Sue born at Belfast check it out lads yeah check it out Qu- top quality fucking unreal uh, the Irish Kendrick Lamar I was actually listening to another um, hilarious Belfast rapper called Wee Goose <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's uh, one of his um, there's a few raps of his about Belfast but one of them he like references that song. Oh, really? Where he says, like, shotgun shell blast or something, and it's like, my man, John Seward. Or, yeah. I was like, ah, oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get the reference. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I listened to, I think I've brought up this podcast before. The first one I found Pete Rollins on was uh, Moshe Kasher's one, where he, like, uh, he gets, like, a professional and then a couple of comedians. Mm. Did I, I think I brought up the guy who, was, who wrote the book on polyamory and stuff. No, I don't remember that. Did you? No, I'm, I think I talked about that before. Maybe you did. I'm a bit lost, so like memory is going to be a bit of a, a struggle. But uh, yeah, so he was on that one, and that was my introduction. But like that one, that one gets good. But for the first like maybe third or so. It's like the the comedians not really understanding his accent and kind of making fun of him, but then like he starts getting into the real shit, and then they kind of like the kind of general tone gets quieter. As yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. While talk. he talks, they listen. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny like, making fun of his accent because it's like you don't know the history of Belfast, do you? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it's not like, like they're not making fun of it. It's just the nature of the podcast is it's at a comedy um, club. And it's the way the podcast is. It's a live. It's oh, like a cool. live. It's, it's like a live show. Yeah, sort of. And every episode is Moshe Kasher, uh, like an expert on something, and then they, is it two or three other comedians? So the point there. of it is to be funny, hmm. and then with and learn something basically. So, like, part of it is making fun and making jokes of whoever's yeah, there. Yeah, of so course. Yeah, and then. And then, but yeah, part of it's the comedians being comedians, yeah. and then the other part is the expert being the expert. Yeah, but um, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, so then I I find because he's into like theology and all, I, I find him on Pete Holmes, and I really recommend listening to that episode. It's really really good. Like I said, I listened to it twice now. Mm. But uh, his whole thing is um, 
life sucks and I don't have the answers and that is good news. <laughs> like that is like a, uh, why did I bring this up again? Radical, th- radical theologian. Yeah, but what Park. was my, what did, you, what did you say? Remember I had a say, I, I said, oh, that's a good segue. You did say that's a good segue. What did I say? Uh, yeah. So his whole thing is, um, life sucks and I don't have the answer and that is the good news. Hmm. So it's the, this idea that like our pursuit of happiness is what's making us unhappy and if we just admit that we don't know what we're doing, then we'll actually be able to find joy. It's really, really, and he's got a lot of like really cool ideas. But the the one that I was reminded of talking about mistakes is that he he talks about uh, Freudian slips mm. and how interesting those are. He's saying that like, um, say if you were in therapy or something, and you said the wrong thing. That's when he would get. That's what would perk him up. He'd be like, "Oh, why did you say that?" Yeah, because it's like that's actually. Um, it's like you almost being accidentally honest with yourself. Yeah, it's like your subconscious is uh, peeking sort out. Sort of peeking out, yeah. And, um, yeah, so he's like, if you make mistakes, like that's the thing to focus on. And uh, another one of the things that he said, which is like really, really helpful and interesting, is this idea of. Um, symptoms and how they are like a way to find the like a symptom is is like a cure so it's like it means that there's a problem if that makes sense it's a sign of a problem so it's a way to find a cure do you mean yeah it's basically so like an example he gave is um, one of his friends was um went to the doctor and um, the doctor told her that she was depressed but she was like well how can I be depressed sure I go out all the time and I love uh, going out with my friends and having the crack and everything and he w- and then he was like well that makes sense like if you're depressed obviously you'd want to go out all the time and not be alone yeah and like not not be left with your thoughts yeah. not be left feeling not yeah you, you're so scared to be alone with your thoughts yeah. that you will do anything to distract yourself from it yeah so it's like this idea of the symptom as a cure is like really, if like you notice you're doing something, it's like a good way to like sort of uh, reflect down on yourself and be like, oh, why am I doing that all the time? Like, I think it can be like, yeah, it could be anything. Like, it could be like watching TV all the time, like as a as a way to get away from your thoughts, or like mm. could be like could well, be something like, really simple. But it's it's a good uh, like having that knowledge, I find really useful just to be like be aware of it and be like, oh, what, what do I yeah, do? Why that? am I doing yeah. this? Why am I doing this? Well, I know for myself that like, uh, when I was 21, uh, I first went to counseling and I got diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder. Oh yeah? And yeah, um, I did do cognitive behavioral therapy, which made a lot better. It would be an awful lot better than what it was back then. But I actually w- got a, this new podcast about uh, a form of OCD as well so but uh go on go ahead there's um uh there's a lot of different forms of ocd and a lot of people just take it as the most stereotypical of oh i'm such a clean freak or a lot of the like this i'll admit this doesn't bother me a wee bit of the whole oh i'm so ocd i need things like this yeah it's like that's not what ocd is what it is is it's not always cleaning and like i do an awful lot of counting even still to this day a lot of counting it would still be quite clean and things in its place what it is is that whenever you get what's called intrusive thoughts, which are bad yeah. thoughts, and they can go from anything from. That's what the 
the podcast I listened to was about that kind of OCD, basically. Yeah, and you see, what actually really made me feel better was whenever I... Because I was having intrusive thoughts, but I didn't know what the fuck intrusive thoughts were. Yeah. Which, are they terrifying? They're getting worried that you're going to be a rapist, that you're going to be a pedophile, that your parents are going to die, you're going to make nowhere, that I'm fucking going to just suddenly collapse here, or I'm going to make a fool of myself, or I'm going to just... Like, they can range from anything so, ex- so extreme to so mundane, and it comes out of nowhere. And then what you do with OCD is... I used to put things in a certain place. I know where everything is in my room at all times. You'd count. I used to count every single step. I used to know how many steps were fucking in the LYAT when I was there. And you'd, uh, you'd notice all the tiles. And you'd do all this stuff. And it's like a method of calming yourself down. And you get what's called a sense. This is the... When I read this, because I got given... When I went to my counselor, 21, she gave me a book to read in OCD. And there was an opening passage, which was just a statement by this woman who had severe OCD. I would have had moderate to severe and then she, but she had like extreme OCD and she explained about a day in her life and it was just absolutely, I, I just don't think it ever, like I just, everything sort of made sense. Do you know, you know, like, yeah, you know yeah. I read it and I was like, this is exactly how I think, this is exactly what happens. And she was like chatting about it. She walks along the street and she like seen a bunch of kids and she was like, what if I get aroused? And it's like, oh shit. And then it's like, what if I get arrested? I mean, I'm a pedophile. Shit, if I'm a pedophile, I'm a terrible person. And she went home and she just fucking cleaned like her house. But like, it's not even yeah. like the fact that she cleaned her house. She like, she had a shower to make herself clean. And then she had to wipe down with like, uh, with like a fucking, with a kitchen roll to make sure there was no droplets on it to make everything clean. And the reason that you're doing that is it's almost like, the way I always describe it is it's like, you're like cleaning a shower, you're cleaning your bathroom or you're cleaning your house to like clean your thoughts. But unfortunately, this is like, um, it's like a double-edged sword. This is like a short-term let, but every single time you feed into those, you have to, that, every time you feed into that, it's like a quick fix, but that's actually making it worse. So OCD starts gradually, and most of the time, it's actually... Is that like, um, when you're doing that kind of stuff, it's because there's something else going on that you can't control? Kind of, yeah. It's a method of control. For control of something else. Exactly. It's yeah. like it's even almost like a mundane form of control. It's like because you, you can't control your thoughts yeah. and you can't control these thoughts. So cleanness, cleanness, count, 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 count every step, count every crack, count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's what I used to do an awful lot. For some reason, I always chose seven. I don't know why. Don't genuinely, will probably never know why. But I'd be like, one, seven two, three, four, five, seven. I'd probably choose seven. Yeah, it's what, I, I always imagine it's because it's supposed to be lucky number seven, lucky number seven. And like I used to, uh, for about. So I used to wash my hands every 15 minutes. When I was in council, we figured out we, I washed my hands almost 200 times a day. And I used to break out. My skin used to break yeah. out. Um, I used to go through, like, you know, like one of those liquid soaps. I used to go through one of them a day for about a year. And then a bar of soap was also, a bar of soap was even worse because I used to essentially go through one of them, like, fucking, like, in, like, half a week. And you'd, I'd sit there and just scrub my hands. And it was really weird. And, of course, whenever you're doing all this stuff, it's really weird. And you don't know what's going on. And then finally, someone kind of tells you that's what this kind of book, apart from being an account, but the book, just because it was a very excellent and personal account of this woman going through her day. And she would have been more severe than me, but I was kind of on the on the verge. And she, it just, the way that she wrote it was just fucking fantastic. Like, it was such, like, it just, even that there helped me an awful lot because it just, it took away an awful lot of, like, the fear. The OCD is still a very kind of misinterpreted or misunderstood condition yeah. of what it is. And I, it's just, it's also, it's also linked, of course, to anxiety and depression yeah. and stuff. It's, it's, it's almost like a manif- manifestation of that. 
what is interesting is because when I worked through counselling is what a lot of people don't know is OCD usually develops around 15 in people and then it actually becomes rampant at about 21 which is when it got worse okay. for me which is whenever an awful lot of my depression started and I got very very down on myself because it's very weird whenever you're thinking these thoughts and you don't know yeah. what they are it's like also, like the first, that's so that kind of told me remember, that I was free. Um, just um, something I that I remember coming up in another episode about like um, intrusive thoughts, a thing that I heard where it's like you're not the voice in your head, you're the one listening, yeah, yeah, and that's all they are. It's just uh, I remember saying that to you, and you're like, that's really good. And I like when I ever heard it, I was like, that's really like helpful phrase, yeah, so just to uh, bring that up again because it is like a really just like uh, someone else said to me too, it's like you're not your first thoughts, you're your second thoughts. So it's like how you react we, to them. We can identify really strongly, uh, but when you're having like intrusive thoughts, it's like it's really easy to just get down a a rabbit hole of like why the fuck did I think that? But to be able to like have that separation of being like that's right, that's not you, that's just your brain doing things. Like, you're the one that's sitting there questioning it. Like so, it's, yeah. it's grand. Thank you for don't me worry about it. For the most time now, if I get one of those thoughts, it's like it's like. It's whenever you recognize what it is, whenever you know what it is, whenever you don't know what it is, that's what was so terrifying. Yeah. Because it's like, why am I having these thoughts? Why am I feeling this way? And it's like, but then whenever you know what it is, it's like that is an intrusive thought. If you even putting a name to it, is a lot easier because it's yeah. so much nicer to be like that's just an intrusive thought. That's just a thought that anyone could have, or maybe yeah. even just or certain people. But either way, I don't have to let that thought define the rest of my day I don't have yeah. to let that thought define how I'm feeling gonna feel for the rest of the day or what I'm gonna do with the rest of my day so I had to do a bit of CPT, CBT and stuff to do with that which was very helpful CBT can essentially like can I like the way I always put it is it's essentially seen as like a cure for a lot of like obsessive compulsive well, disorder and stuff like that but it's also I still have to be aware myself of that you can fall back into the trap of intrusive thoughts well the podcast I listened to was um, Invisibilia just like a podcast I heard about ages ago, but I only actually started listening to it. And the first episode is about this kind of stuff. Mm. The kind of general concept of the p- podcast is the invisible forces that affect us. Mm. So the first episode was thoughts. And there's other episodes being about like... Um, I'm trying to think of what today's one was. There was one about... Um, interestingly, there was one about entanglement, but it wasn't... It started off entanglement that we were talking about, but it was then it went on to like this idea of emotional entanglement Mm. and um, like things like whenever you see someone get hurt, there's actually a part of your brain that fires in like sort of empathy, but there's people that are really uh, sensitive to that and they like physically feel it. Yeah. But um, the first one's about thoughts and it's about this guy who he watched, is it called City of God? Is that the Brazilian film? Yeah, that's the one. It's like really violent. Yeah. stuff and he was watching with his wife and after he watched it he had it started getting these really violent thoughts and it's like oh what if I strangled my wife what if I stabbed her what if all this here and he just started like driving himself mad he just like it just started all these thoughts the exact thoughts that you're talking about these intrusive thoughts and um, then they w- first of all they went through like the different types of um, therapy and the first one is which isn't used that much anymore I don't think but still has uh, some merit which is like uh, Freudian um, ther- like or therapy isn't the word psychoanalysis I think yeah. is the right word which is basically your thoughts have meaning 
and there's an example they gave for that where there's like a, a man who um he started getting all these like thoughts about being waterboarded and stuff and like he just like became really obsessed with like this fear of being waterboarded so he went to a Freudian uh, therapist or whatever and um they took the thought on it's like okay this thought has meaning let's explore this thought and eventually got to the point where it turned out his sister died from drowning mm. and he realized oh that's the connecting thing and as soon as you make that connection it became they went away and he was able to yeah and he's it, able to identify it but it's like it's, it's interesting because that's not his fear wasn't drowning. But yeah. It was something associated. It was just a yeah. sensation of drowning, which is essentially him kind of empathizing with the fact that his sister would have felt something like this. Yeah. But it doesn't, because that's the interesting thing, is it doesn't have to be, it almost doesn't have to be like, it can be related, but it doesn't have to be the exact thing. Yeah. It's like, um, you might, someone important to you might die, but instead of being fear, fear of death, you're feared of maybe the way they died. So like yeah. if they died in a car accident, you're feared of being in a car accident, of, of like maybe being, ending up, unfortunately hurt because of it but it's actually because of that it's interesting do what actually i always find a fun sort of thing to say was i seen blind boy in the lyat and it was a free gig and i was like hell yeah hell fucking yeah hell fucking yeah i'm going to lyat to see blind boy surprisingly lecture wasn't packed but i was like yeah it's lyat whatever and you got to ask him a question but you had to like write it down so many people asked him fucking stupid questions being like you know when's uh like fucking when's the next song of like horse outside coming out and he's mm. like and he like even blame himself he was like that song's in like fucking 2011 or something he was like grow up like he was like gonna get past it and like some person asked him he was vaping the whole time and they were like what uh what flavor is your vape and he was like whatever but i asked him a question like because you know obviously because it was blind boy and this would have been like before his podcast and all like this was a good few years ago and i asked him like it was like because he chatted about depression a lot in it and that's what the whole talk was there for and i was like how did it feel for you whenever you got diagnosed with depression? Because, like, obviously that's something that I got diagnosed with as well. And I remember whenever it did happen to me, and I was like, I felt fucking great after getting told I was depressed. And he was like, I felt fantastic. And I, I always felt really proud because he answered that question and he could tell that, because every other question that I'm saying was like this. I know this is me being, like, tooting my own horn or something, but he fucking... He answered it and he talked for about t five, next for five, ten minutes about that. And he was like, you don't understand what it's like whenever someone tells you, when the same thing as OCD, intrusive thoughts, it's like when if somebody tells you what these are, because whenever you first have them, whenever you first have a panic attack, like he described having his first panic attack, stuff like that there, it's like whenever you first have these things, they are the most terrifying thing in the world because you have no fucking sense of what they are. But even now, whenever I was would have a panic attack, let's say, like I had a panic attack about three weeks ago in work, and I knew it was coming, and it fucking, I was like, this is fucking bad, because I can feel it coming, and it terrified me, but I fucking knew what I had to do, I was like, right, I have to get away from people, and I just had, like, I just went to the toilet, and I sat down, I was like, right, just like, fucking breathe, 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 you know, fucking grind yourself, feel your feet, feel your feet, wiggle your toes, you know, do all that there stuff, it was like, but if that had been the first time ever that I had had a panic attack, and I was in work, like, that would have went way worse. You know, whenever you know, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. Like, yeah. it's very it's very hard to deal with sometimes. But whenever yeah. somebody tells you, even though being depressed is yeah, not a hear, good thing. You like hear, You hear stories like that, too, like, come back to panic attacks. People, well, it would happen to people the first time when they think they're having a heart attack or something. It's like, and as soon as you know, the next time you can deal with it or whatever. Mm. Like, even the, the one days of work, like, the way it kind of brought on is, like, people don't realise is how uh, maybe some physical uh, panic attack feels, but... 
I could feel it. I felt like my throat was closing up, and mm. I could feel it shaking a lot and like moving around a lot. And, you know, pure, pure kind of jittery. It's almost like I get like twenty coffees or something like. And then it's like I know what's happening. It's like I just need to go like because it's because it, it was just it was very busy at work it was hard it's like i just need to go and calm down like that's the problem is that like sometimes it's like you just do need whenever whenever you first start having them when it before you've like had them before is you don't realize that you just need to try and go and take yourself a step back you need to go and take like five ten minutes and just calm yourself just breathe relax yeah. like sit down put your hands in your knees and just wiggle your toes and just feel your toes and just relax it that way and you will it won't be instantaneous but you'll be able to walk out and then eventually it'll walk away from that but yeah the first time it happens yeah you're right you can feel like you're having a heart attack yeah. or that's also just the panic setting in yeah uh, I actually got a story kind of related to that which I'll get back to once I finish this mm. current story Jeez, we're weaving fucking stories together. Yeah, <laughs> segue after segue. Got a foot in each segue, hey? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that was like the first, back to the story about the thoughts. Mm. Um, they're established in the forms of uh, psychoanalysis, and the second wave is the cognitive behavioral therapy mm. that you mentioned, which, by the way, we brought up before, is based on stoicism. Yeah. Got it in there, it's only been an hour, but... Anyway, <laughs> yes, yeah, so it took you long this week. Yeah, as well. yeah. <laughs> oh, there's more. Um, <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> but yeah, basically, they, to- they even told the story of how this happened. It was like one one guy, basically, um, someone came into their office and they were like, "Oh man, like I keep feeling that I'm worthless and no one loves me and all," and he abandoned that the rule book basically of like, "Okay, let's explore this." And he, so he came, he told them to challenge those ideas i think it was mm. it's like and it's like oh well it's like you feel unloved well it's like well think of people that love you and like so that's kind of what cognitive behavioral therapy is it's like taking on the thoughts and beating them yeah basically basically like, proven that like for the ocd when i was in cpt it was like i had to prove to myself because it was like uh, without the cleaning or with like a, like i used to genuinely get a tingling in my hands feeling that i know i need to wash my hands every 15 minutes and I kind of just like, you know, you have to just pretty much sort of just beat that. You have to beat that feeling. You have to yeah. beat. It's like your hands are clean. You're, you're fine. Also, you're not going to like, oh, you touch the ground. You touch the door handle. You touch your face. You're not going to die because of it. It's like you have to prove almost to yourself yeah. that these thoughts are not are incorrect or not yeah. right. And that's like the sort of significance here. Because like I said, the, the Freudian one is like you have a thought. It's like, okay, this thought's important. Let's understand why that is. And then this cognitive behavioral therapy is being able to be like actually that thought probably not that it's irrational yeah it doesn't it doesn't actually have as much meaning as you give it essentially yeah and that's kind of and like whenever from me studying or studying for me (laughs) looking into stoicism i can definitely see that kind of thing where it's like because so much of that is about controlling your thoughts and realizing that's the thing that you like that you have control of your thoughts essentially Mm. like or awareness of your thoughts of yeah. like what you think and like how to look at them from an outside perspective yeah. rather than just as you're saying you're your second thought not your first yeah. but then there's the third wave of um psychoanalysis which is i think it's still pretty new but it's basically based on meditation mm. where it's basically thinking that even the cognitive behavioral therapy idea is actually giving your thought, it's still get paying too much attention to your thoughts. Yeah. And instead you should just be like, just ignore it. Just, it's just meaningless just, sort of? Just be like, 
like so meditation the comparison is like when you meditate it's like any thought you just like let float by mm. so if you have a thought being like oh, i'm a piece of shit you just be like that's yeah, just, just that's just a thought on, i'm not even go- i'm not even going to engage with, engage with it enough to challenge it yeah that that'd be too much of an acknowledgement so this guy who had the um was having these uh violent intrusive thoughts um eventually when he went to therapy the first therapist he went to was a Freudian one and that was a disaster <laughs> because that was like, it's like, I want to kill my wife and it's like, let's find out why you want to kill your wife and that was just like made everything worse for him. Create, creating yeah. reasons as to why he wanted to kill his wife. Yeah, that just, even that just like. didn't work for him at all. Made him, made him worse and then actually I think scared him off therapy for a while. Mm. But then the next therapy Christy went was this third wave one and this is really interesting because after like the th- fourth or fifth uh, meeting this his new therapist um went to like this cupboard that he had and brought out a knife and gave him a knife and told the guy to take the knife to the therapist's neck and just sit there and sit and like let that thought bubble up that like he was because one of the thoughts he'd have like like you're saying it's like that thing of like, oh, what if I get attracted to that child or whatever? Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. It's, it's like, like, oh, that means that I'm yeah. and it's like, so no, like it doesn't. one of the things you'd have all the time was like, what if I just like stab that person or what if I strangle or like these yeah, thoughts. Yeah, which I used to get all the time too yeah. of like, you know, what if I do this? Like all of a sudden, oh, it's just kinda, do this. And it's kind of the extreme of like the, the call of the void. Yeah, that's that, what I always thought of it too. Yeah. It's like, instead of like the call of the void of like, it's when the end's like, what if I just murder someone? What if I just do this? Yeah. It's just the, it's so, yeah, it's just, you just, like it, the, the, the call, extreme of it. The call of the void is that thing for anyone who doesn't know. It's like, whenever you're at the top of a cliff or something and you have that urge to jump or when you're another common one is like when you're driving yeah and you just get the urge to like verge into oncoming traffic or off to a ditch or something and i don't know if this is um is a definite reason but i know it's a reason anyway where it's like uh your brain knows that it shouldn't do that thing so it knows it shouldn't jump off a cliff but because it's so angst instinctual it like comes up with the opposing thought to make sense of the instinctual oh, oh, one yeah it's something like that it's it's, it's very interesting call of it, but that's essentially that's almost like what intrusive thoughts are in a way it's like yeah. a call of the void but instead of like to do with death it's to do with violent acts yeah. or sexual acts or something like that so anyway, this guy got told him to keep the knife to the the therapist's neck throat like actually put it on there and just like let that thought come up to be like oh, i could stab this person and then just let it go away Hmm. Which makes sense, I suppose, because if like if you have it, a, if it you, proves if, like yeah, that you it's like it's I'm like, not gonna do this no yeah, matter how it's like close I've got, I come. I've got the option now that I'm here on my own. I can do it. So then, once you realize that it's absurd, then you can start to move on. Hmm. What's interesting, apparently, for people that experience a lot of thoughts or people OCD, is they in general and that, that was a, a form of OCD. By the way, I don't know if I said that, but mm-hmm. yeah, that those specifically violent thoughts as a form of OCD, like you're saying. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I also just. I'll get back to what I was originally going to say, but I also want to point out to people that just uh, OCD has many variants. It's just yeah. in popular culture. This is a specific in popular culture, variation causing him to have in, obsessive, violent thoughts. Because essentially OCD is more or less, it's a reaction to having intrusive thoughts, which could be a make, which for me was a mixture of, mo- it was mostly like kind of violent or uh, kind of sexual or traumatic, which would be like, you know, be worried about like, I do this and then that's going to cause my parents to die. Something completely unrelated of just yeah. like not washing my hands enough. 
because I'd give them a disease and then that would cause them to die and then I would be homeless. Like, it, it, like that's the thing is like people don't realize is the intrusive thoughts go down an absolute rabbit hole of it's a downward spiral of it can start off very mundane of like, oh, if I don't wash my hands, I might get sick. And it's like, oh, but then my parents get sick. But then my parents die. But then um, at the moment, at that time, I was living with my parents. But then my I can't live with my parents. I'm still in school. What am I supposed to do? I can't even get a job. What are, you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. going down like it's, it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. But sorry, what we're on about there, I was going to say. Different forms of OCD. Proper culture is always just cleaning your hands, but there's different forms. There was something else I was going to say. We were chatting about that beforehand. Is it the knife thing I said? Or? Knife things, the violence. Oh, yeah. It's kind of interesting. People that usually experience intense intrusive thoughts or obsessive moses or usually have a tendency to be incredibly non-violent because they're usually so scared, essentially, of their own thoughts of being violent yeah, that, that it causes them to be so scared to ever actually act out any form of, say, that, violence or anything like that. That was one of the things that, that came up, like, because the, the guy, like, it, it, I think it, I think it, they like, talked to his wife and she was like, I was never... Never even aware. Worried, like you see, you, you, you go the opposite way. You 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 try so hard to to not be like that because yeah, you're so she, scared of it. She, but she she was like, this is like like I've married this person. I married is like the kindest, most thoughtful person ever. It's like I'm not worried that he's going to do this to me just because he's having these thoughts. It's like mm. like so that, because that's because nice. they're they're almost more scared of their th- their own yeah. thoughts than the other person is. But like. even but even before he ha- is having these thoughts too, it's like she was just like, I know who I married. Like, it's like yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's not just, just gonna just fucking nice, like, <laughs> yeah. You well, you'd hope he's not gonna just like yeah. switch and be like this person. But that it's very because it's very interesting because like I I actually didn't know. Um, so whenever I first got diagnosed, I actually felt it was really nice because like. Uh, my parents, my parents are very open people, but they'd be, you know, they've like fucking, they're still born in the fifties and all that there too. OCD wasn't even a thing then. Yeah. And it was like my mom told me that like OCD starts whenever you're fifteen and begins when you're twenty one. Uh, and sorry, and then excels you're twenty one. It's actually a gradual progression. And my mom pointed out she was like, whenever you, whenever I turned about fifteen and sixteen, like I just fucking nowhere. I had this clean room, like I don't know, like from you know the typical teenage messy room of like thirteen, yeah. fourteen, fucking. One day it was just all fucking. Not even necessarily one you're day. You're talking about yourself now. No, I'm talking about myself now. Yeah. yeah. Over the course of about six months, my mom. So I'm not sure if you meant her, your mom started doing that when she. Was no, 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 no. Sorry, my um, my mom actually told me then she was like, but then I remember whenever you like turned about fifteen, sixteen, and all of a sudden everything was in your room, and she was like, I would go into your room and say like, leave clothes down or move something around, and I used to get like fucking really thick about this as a teenager, like really, like I do remember this, like like I would have never been aggressive, would be like. Why did you move around my chair or something like that? They're like that's the, like these things that yeah. don't matter at all. And I was like, that's. Then she was like, I realized that that was all a manifestation of it. And I always felt very nice that my mom pointed out to me. But I also didn't even cop that myself until she said. Yeah. But yeah, even now, because even like even to this day at twenty seven, my um uncle will stay in my room over the weekend, and my mom rearranged for him just because he's a wee bit older than me. So maybe like just it was close. The bed's closer to the toilet and stuff like that. Say. And she was like, sorry, I had to move around your room because of Roy. I'm sorry, I had to put everything in a different place kind of thing. And I was like, no, it's okay. I'm a bit better with dealing yeah. with that stuff. Now. Like, I, I hate that too. Yeah. To be honest, like, I don't know. I think, I think there's a bit more to that than just, well, maybe, maybe not. In my experience, anyway, I feel like, there's uh, an element of like it being like your sanctuary in a way to your That's room. also it's true, like, yeah. Like this is my space. Your yeah, it's like space. why have you like invaded this and 
Mm. But you see, for me, for you, where it might be your safe shape, which yeah. to me is an extra, but for me, because of like there's back like an, then, there's, there's probably that and an extra level. Yeah, so they kind of, yeah, that kind of adds the thing to it. Like, I remember that, like, like fucking, what kind of weird, to me, like, thinking back, I was like, what kind of weird teenage boy gives out to like his mum for, to him, making his room messier? Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's one of the things to dealt with. And I was always really glad that I kind of got... I was always very glad that I went to counselling. I was very lucky to be in LYT at the time because they had free counselling and they that was that's how I got through it. That was the first time I went. It's <laughs> great. There's, there's going to be people listening that have never met me. And you now know more about me than some people mm-hmm. <laughs> that are not my Well, we talked about that um, before, like... Um we we wanted this to be um, an open, safe conversation, essentially. Yeah, just make this that people. I wouldn't. I shouldn't be ashamed of anything I'm saying right now. That's no. kind of feel about it. But it still feel you'd still feel awkward opening yourself up sometimes. Sometimes yeah, it do hard. feel like it's easier because obviously, oh, you're one of my best friends. But also, yeah. it's just to a mic. So yeah. if anyone does listen to this, like I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if you be listening to this at yeah. three in the morning and three in the day, like. <laughs> Well, it's like one o'clock in the morning now, and we're having a few drinks, so it's like mm, that's just gonna get worse for me. <laughs> that's that's one of the things that's funny about that guy Pete Rollins. A lot of times he like <laughs> he like brings drink into his like philosophies in a weird way. Mm. It's like one of the things they they joked about on the the Moshe Kasher one as well, because he was like, "You've got two options: you can uh, go to a sports bar and have a drink and listen to the loud stuff." Or you can go to an Irish bar and have a conversation with your friends. <laughs> they were laughing. It's like both options involve going to a bar. bar. <laughs> it's like just still drinking while like. like it seems to just work drinking, and but it's like I I do kind of like the acknowledgement of it too, because like another thing he's talking about the importance of conflict. It's like you can go to a bar and with your friends and have a few drinks and you might have a fawn out in the middle of the night and then you make up by the end and it's like there's a there's a benefit to that and there's like yeah. drink can actually be a helpful thing in some ways if if you're doing it healthily of course like you can do well, it unhealthily I was just about to say what you brought up before about whole drug misuse same as anything you can overdo and you can misuse anything but like you know having a like having a good drink with your friends or going to meet up with your friends while and having a good like night out can be incredibly cathartic in a way that's just if it, if it very ha- hard to obtain if it helps you say stuff that you need to say that you couldn't otherwise then mm. but if you're drinking every day and it's running your life that's a yeah. different story it's a, it's a difference between like if, I know obviously there's such a thing as highly functioning alcoholics but there you go. Wisdom, moderation, courage, and justice. But we're Let's talking about the, moderation. I've got a wall of stoicism here mm-hmm. in my bedroom. And one of the cardinal virtues is moderation. Mm. Which is which uh, is true. And it is really true, yeah. It's like self like that one gets different translations, even on this one it's temperance, there it's moderation. Sometimes it's uh self control. But it's definitely along the same lines, everything yeah. still means the same thing. Yeah, it's, it's just the the reward of not fucking giving in to every indulgent. Mm. Like if you just like we're like, oh, I love chocolate. I'm gonna eat all the chocolate. It's not gonna make you happy. Like actually, that <laughs> just just in a funny we did. But I knew. I remember I used to work with a guy, and he used to work for Cadbury. And he told me the funniest thing was, he said, "Whenever you start in Cadbury, you can take an unlimited amount of chocolate that you want." And the reason is, is because usually after two weeks, people stop taking chocolate. 
Yeah. And it's just, that's exactly what it was. They let people overindulge and then they just never do it again. The funny thing is, is that's that why I never want to be a gynecologist. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> top quality. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming, did you? No, I didn't. That was fantastic. Here, I thought I was coming out with a wee tidbit, and then he just done and cut me. <laughs> uh, Excellent. Did you have something to say? <laughs> no, I think the Cadbury story was I'm done. I'm going to go, I'm gonna go pee. <laughs> that, that <laughs> that. Okay. I needed to pee, and that laugh really took it out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember how I got off it, but one of the things I was talking about was the Pete Rollins' idea of um, what was the other thing I brought up about him again? So, oh, he's a radical theologian. No, no, he came up. Why do we? Why do we mention him again there recently? Oh, drinking, going to the pub. Oh yeah, that, that's right. Okay, well that's not really about this. Uh, so one of the things. Um, that I mentioned earlier about his idea of um, the symptom oh, sorry, yeah, is like a cure. Yeah. So I f- this really helped me there. Maybe it's like two or maybe three weeks ago now. But um, it's just one one day. I was just like, I was like, not well. Just mm. it's like, I like something's not right. It just felt like shit, and it was like. It was like manifesting as like a physical pain in my stomach. I was like, "Here, I need to work out what's what's upsetting me or something." Yeah, Just what's, what's like, going on? Like, yeah. So I try to like do his thing of like explore that instead of like try to cover it up or whatever. And one of th- something I like noticed as well, or like something. I found useful is like trying to engage with like the subconscious as a way to like work out what's going on or whatever. Like, cause what's underneath the scenes? Can like yeah, it's just like if you can like engage, if you can do something on a conscious level, it like lets the subconscious come out. So I was kind of trying to do that as well. So I like just was like, oh, I'm just gonna try and write lyrics. I don't know if they're lyrics for anything, but I was just like using the. The process con- yeah, or to like the or even just the confines of rhyming, and just let whatever comes out comes, comes out. out come out. And basically, I wrote, and then at the end, I realized. I basically the last line was just like I might be depressed, and I was like this release, this relief, and I was like the lyrics beforehand was like because there's something about like uh. Or I mentioned, like, oh, I could sleep if I thought I was going to be any help or something. Mm. And it was kind of like when I was writing it, I was like, that sounds like a symptom of depression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which it most definitely is. Yeah. And then, uh, but that, and I was that like, I might be depressed. But the, the, like, um, I realized after the relief wasn't even just, because I don't know if I was actually depressed. I think the most important thing was acknowledging and let myself know that it's okay to feel that way. Yeah. Because there's like, even though we talk about it and I talk about myself, I have this kind of position, whether it's real or just in my head, that I have to be, it's like I'm almost like the one supporting people 
or like helping people when they have issues yeah. and it's definitely real to some people if that makes sense I, I know there's people I talk to and like I'm the one that they put their problems on and I kind of have to have to a certain degree I have to be the one that can help them and give them answers and everything yeah and it's kind of like um what we're talking about in regards to the podcast and all even it's like kind of what we're doing in a way is like helping people and, or like that's kind of both of our idea yeah we kind of want to talk about this stuff like obviously we're doing like the movie reviews and we're doing yeah. like kind of you made a great joke there the gynecology joke <laughs> But, um, like, uh, yeah, I remember last time whenever we were at our friend Rosie and John's house and I was saying that, like, I would like to, like, what I, I'm quite happy and kind of proud of what I just opened up about, like, OCD there, yeah. you just opened up being depressed, is that I want to talk about this stuff because if it just helps one person listening to this, in the same yeah. way that it was for you, whenever you wrote that line saying I might be depressed, that was your realisation that you're feeling depressed, which is a weight off your shoulders. Yeah. Which was like, whenever yeah, I heard whenever I heard blind boys say, oh, it was a great feeling when someone diagnosed with depression, it's like, yeah, because whenever I got diagnosed with depression. Yeah, so saying, that's why when you, when you said that, I was like, yeah, I got, I got my own uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's, I would really love the, someone just to hear this, like, and I would never have to, I almost like the thought more than anything, I don't ever have to have somebody to tell me, but if yeah. just one person one day listens to this and is like, I'm feeling that way, Either now I know what depression is, or now I know that I'm not alone, or now that I know I can go get help, or now that I, you know that kind of yeah. way, and because that's really important. And I know it is becoming a bigger thing in Irish culture, but I still don't think it's enough of a mainstay. And even during the pandemic, I feel like well, it's sure, but like really detrimental. And yeah, and sure, it can't get too much. What What's the worst thing, Gavin? Going to make too many people happy? Yeah. <laughs> Gonna get, I'm gonna get more depressed by talking about it. I don't think that. I don't even. Nah. Think, I don't think that's ever happened. That's, that's, not, that's <laughs> yeah. not how it works. No, nah, nah, it's actually the opposite. Like either it, you might just realize you're depressed, but you were already depressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of the biggest things I remember for me was um, I had the whole kind of, and I still have it quite a lot. Is I still sort of sometimes don't admit myself to this stuff about this. If you know what I mean, yeah, that's, you, you don't agree. You don't like. No, I'm not. No, that's what I'm talking about. That's what that. I think that's what was the most beneficial thing. Because I don't know, because like, afterwards I kind of reassessed and I was like, I don't know if I actually was, like, like I definitely was having a shit day or whatever, but it wasn't admitting that I was depressed, it was the release, it was just admitting to myself that it's okay to feel that way. Yeah, there's there's two ways to look at it. That like. was, I think, was the, the real breakthrough I had, was just being like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> like, it's, I know in counseling, whenever that's one of the things they said to me was that, like, um, one of the things is, like, uh, you know, like, everyone does want to be happy, which is true, and that's the thing, but what people don't realize is that, like, sort of sometimes when you say coming out of depression and stuff, too, is that you will still kind of flip back in that way, and that's okay. Like, that's, that's yeah. natural. That's just, you can't feel happy all the time. You can't feel up all the time. You are going to have these highs and these lows. Yeah. And, like, it's just, that's just kind of, the way it is that's unfortunately the way it is but it's not necessarily a bad thing because you you couldn't you know there's that whole thing of you wouldn't be able to experience the highs you wouldn't be able to experience happiness if you didn't know what sadness was if you didn't know what the yeah. lows were and because if you were happy all the time you would know you're happy well that's like a, another thing I wanted to bring up there's this um, one of the entrants into the Daily Stoic here which I thought was really good is this idea of Stoic joy 
Uh, I'll read the quote here, sure. Yeah, go for it. Trust me, real joy is a serious thing. Do you think someone can, in the charming expression, blithely dismiss death with an easy disposition? Or swing open the door to poverty, keep pleasures in check, or meditate on the endurance of suffering? The one who is comfortable with turning those these thoughts over is truly full of joy, but hardly cheerful. It's exactly such a joy that I would wish for you to possess, for it will never run dry once you've laid claim to its source. So it's this idea, like something I have a big problem with is like like you're saying, like this idea that we have to be happy all the time. Mm. That's not what happiness is. Happiness is a, a fleeting experience. Unfortunately, yes, <laughs> but it is. It, it can't, it almost can't be prolonged because yeah. it kind of defeats the purpose and of what it is. And that's what I like about this. It's saying that like, if you can dwell on the, like if you can have the mental uh, fortitude to dwell on these like negative things and still have this thing that they identify as stoic joy where it's you're not like are they like they com- compare it to one is comfortable turning these thoughts over is truly full of joy but hardly cheerful like they identify cheer is their fleeting moment of of, of happiness or whatever of, yeah. like and joy is just the thing that they've cultivated as and I think that's like a really important distinction, a really useful distinction, hmm. which I thought was really nice. So yeah, I was kind of thinking there is like, because like obviously I would be almost now what you'd call like the whole kind of idea of like a weekend warrior, you know, like you hold like a yeah. nine, nine to five and every weekend. That is too, that is kind of what I live for. And, but in the sense of like at the moment, I'm really enjoying, sorry, at the moment I'm really enjoying this and I get to do stuff like this. But like, you know, if I was to do this, if we were to do this every single day for a month, by the end of the month, we probably wouldn't even really want to fucking talk to each other. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, pure hedonism, like if yeah, we were to... Yeah, it over the top, but, like, that's kind of why. So, like, this is, this is a part of my release of, like... But, like, you know, I go to my work and I do but my yeah, shit. like, I think, like, happiness isn't... Or, like, well, like I'll call it joy again, just to clarify. Joy isn't being happy all the time. So joy is able to receive bad news and to be able to deal with it. Mm. Because you're always going like to see bad news. Cause, yeah, to to think that you're not just to be like emotionally immature, to be like, oh, well, I'm never going to, nothing bad's ever going to happen again. Yeah, that's like being like eight years old or something. Yeah. It's like, yeah Where like, if you can have the the ability to receive that bad news and just to deal with it and and mm-hmm. and acknowledge that it's a passing thing, just as happiness is a passing thing equally, so then like, that, that is the true goal. Like I'll I'll admit I was actually last week I was chatting to uh, Pieter and it was interesting about he was we were just getting you know serious conversations at the sessions that happened and he was chatting about like um whenever I got like diagnosed and like cancer and stuff and he was like you were a bit bitter about it for a while and I was like yeah damn fucking right I was like I was quite bitter for a while because kind of the whole kind of self absorbance like you know why me why me yeah. why does that me which is a natural thing to happen, but now I'm just like, actually, it's just something that happened. It's just, it's unfortunate. That's only, that's the way I was described this. It's unfortunate, but it's just something that happened. You know, I had no yeah. choice in the matter. But he was like, but what he said to me, which is very true, and I agree with it. He was like, but you had to be better for a while, and I was like, yeah, I did. You kind of have to kind of go down that road of, but the important thing is, is that I didn't stay bitter. Yeah, I didn't choose to be like fucking you know like it could have been like you know i could have been like why did this happen to me not you why does this happen to me not peter why did this happen to me not someone else no it's like well why did it happen to me it's like no one really knows actually unfortunately why it happened to me and uh, it just happened to me it uh, i it happened that's unfortunate but i'm past it now 
but you do Dude, have that, to deal with guy, those emotions. Like that, yeah, that guy Pete Rons brought up something like that too, where the example he gave, but I think it's definitely similar. It's like, like say if um, say if you did something wrong to me, I might turn around and be like, I fucking hate you. I'm gonna. I wish you were dead. Mm. But if you were to be like, wish you were dead, Ruben. What? I wish you were dead, Ruben. Anyway. <laughs> That's staying in. Yeah, staying in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting sick of your name the first time. I'm still glad you heard me. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Like, uh, right. Say, so, say if I said that, and then someone has to point out, it's like you don't actually feel you don't actually want her to die, and it's like, well, no, of course not. Hmm. But it's also important to to feel those emotions. Yeah. So it's like you can. There's a freedom when able to just. To be angry or be pissed off, and it's like it doesn't, because the way he was talking about it, it's like if you keep pushing those emotions down, they're gonna come out in some other way. Then. Yeah, you can, yeah. If you if you were to like, like I would say we're good enough friends. As I say, if I did or said something that really fucking bothered you, you'd probably say something to me. But if you just decided not to, if it was a big enough thing to you, if you decided not to, that is gonna manifest its way in some way of like. We'd stop podcasting. We'd stop talking as yeah. much. You know what I mean? Like you know, there's something kind of unhealthy. Like, unhealthy, yeah. yeah. Whereas, whereas if you were to, would you? Didn't you said as well that he said that conflict is important too? Yeah. Which is where you would be, if you brought up the conflict to me, then it could be resolved. But yeah. if I don't even know if there's a conflict there, how the fuck am I gonna know things resolved? And then I'm also gonna get aggressive or annoyed or whatever. Because you're acting differently to me, and I'm gonna be like, "Why is this going on?" Yeah. And that's gonna bottle up in me, and then it's gonna cause more problems. And then that's something he talks about too. Is like uh, this thing about crisis, and it's like, um, say, I'm trying to give an example, maybe uh, there's a couple, and they're fighting a lot, and they're gonna, or maybe they. Maybe they're not going to get divorced because they're pretending that there's not a problem. Yeah. And they're trying to protect, like, this. there's a child, maybe. Um, They are purposely not bringing up these problems because they're trying to hide the crisis. But the problem is the crisis is there and everyone's still suffering from it. Like, the, the two people, the child, they're all suffering from this thing, but they're not acknowledging it. Yeah. Or if they did just acknowledge it, they could deal with it and move on. So it's like there's this in, uh, like inclination to be like, oh, if we don't acknowledge this crisis, then... It doesn't exist, yeah. doesn't affect us, but the... the but actually it's hurting everyone all the time. They're just prolonging it, basically, and making it worse. But there's that whole thing, you know, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And the kind of thing is, though, but if you don't acknowledge it, it'll never get better. Yeah. It like, like it, sometimes, it, sometimes life does have to get shit. Sometimes things have to get worse. Sometimes you have to do... Horrible, not do, sorry. Sometimes horrible things have to be said or done or you have to deal with them. But until you do deal with them, you're going to be carrying them the whole time. Like. Yeah. That brings me to another uh, thing that you idea you had of like the... Let's see if I can remember. It's like the idiot, the moron, and the imbecile. <laughs> and it's like... Um, there's a philosopher who had this idea of like... Um, the idiot is the person that, like, there is actually, originally, the definitions are, like, different levels of um, mental ability, whatever. Oh, right, yeah. Um, but there's a philosopher that related this, like, to the, the idiot is the person who, like, doesn't know 
like this like what to say or do like doesn't know the social like social cues the, kinda, yeah. how to act yeah. and then the imbecile like they they can do all the right they can say all the right things and all but they're they're not really quite uh quite there you know they don't know all the <laughs> maybe don't know why they're saying it or whatever but they know how to like they know how to act but they don't know yeah. why they're acting yeah. that way and then the moron is the one in between and the morons that you actually want to be where they can do all the right things and say all the right things, but they also like bring up the um the wrong things. the wrong things too, and it's like and it's like because uh, when he brought up Peter Rollins, he was talking to Peter Holmes, he's like, "Oh, um, he's talking about creative people like that's what that's what they do. It's like they they don't let these um problems just fester. It's like they 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 do the thing where they put their foot in the mouth and be like, oh, why'd you do that?'" Hmm. You know, we're like socially, we're kind of conditioned to just be like, oh, to not call every, everyone out. Yeah, it's yeah. like, but you actually want to be, you want to have a bit of both where you can bring up the thing and like start out the problem and all that. There, hmm. like, it's obviously all like dependent and stuff like that. But I always feel like that's why, kind like, of, almost problem in Ireland. It's like, you don't want to be shit crack, man. You don't want to be bad crack. You don't want to fucking ruin the buzz or something yeah. like that. And it's like, yeah, but if a joke's being a cunt, a joke's being a cunt. You know yeah. what I mean? If there is like, but like, it's it's almost like seen sometimes. I feel like in Ireland, sometimes like sometimes even though you would almost have a valid reason for saying or doing so, it just still, as you're saying, socially is not justified in a way, which is not true. Like it should be more normal to be able to say like, like. I remember seeing Jade before when she was having this blackboard and she was saying about like kicking people out of the house and I was like well Jade it's your house it's your no one's house if you, you, I'm your friend but if you told me that I need to get out of your house I'd be like well yeah I should get out of your house because it's your house but some people wouldn't see it that way and it's yeah. like, it like well, you should feel that you shouldn't sorry how would I say it you's, you would feel awkward like I don't understand like unfortunately it is a thing but you should never have to feel awkward by kicking somebody out of your own house if you really fucking had to no matter who they are even just today uh I notice we've got very different uh, approaches. You just like say the person's name, and I'm like, no, I'll just be vague about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you mean? I just said my own name. No, you I said Jed's name too. Yeah, but no, but yeah, but I, I didn't say anything bad. I just no, said I know, but I was yeah, I don't. Yeah, I Yeah, sorry. I'm just. Yeah, I, I am pretty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe not everyone wants to be mentioned like me. Just bleep out all the names. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like I'm kind of like I don't have permission. So basically, it's true. So I'm just kind of like. Free ball not here, yeah, kind of have to, but the editor, <laughs> the editor, all started out, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Owen. Future, future, <laughs> you're gonna have to bleep that out too. Yeah. Future, yeah. Owen, all started out <laughs> <laughs> my name, yeah. <laughs> that editor would like to remain anonymous. <laughs> uh, um, by the way, if anyone likes any editing skills, I'm up for uh, <laughs> but anyway, I was gonna say two of my friends, um, they were having like a problem, and it, the problem was because they were avoiding conflict, yeah. And it's like, because I was going end up, not intentionally, but just like I met one and I met the other one. And I was like, oh, you need to go talk to him. And it's like, it's like, oh, he's the same. It's like, oh, he's just annoyed. And it's like, well, I'm annoyed too. And it's like, yeah, but you're annoyed because you didn't talk about the thing. That you're annoyed about. Yeah. There, there's like the whole it's thing. It's like you, you, you brought it up to me two weeks ago. Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're still annoyed. Yeah. Really nothing's been moving yeah. past it. Well, I know, like, for me and bleep, no, it was Kelly. Um, I'm never, like, so for, like, lockdown, it was a pretty tight and all, too. But, like, what I did, 
and like I asked, I wrote a list, and I asked her to like write a list of just stuff that's been bothering, and never like brought it up to her. What I kind of said was like, "Is like this is not an attack, and like this is not like the reason I put it in was because a I can like read it out, and I don't like I can almost read it out with like no emotion, or I just have to say it, but it's not like trying to be like maybe aggressive, but also it means it's no spur of the moment. It's no like I can't get. Uh, how would I say? I like just I just needed to write out my thoughts essentially yeah. if I'm feeling stuff that's been bothering me or something like that there. And I just kinda said it and I was like, there what you think but like not and like I didn't want to do it in like a way it's like I'm not trying to put you down and be aggressive. I mean I'm just getting my thoughts out. I'm expressing them in a way that is at least coherent. And if I was to try and say this stuff off the cuff, it would either come out wrong or it would like if we started arguing, say it would you know, if emotions yeah. got heated, it's like this is like and it worked out way better, like because of that, because yeah. I was able to clearly and calmly explain everything and know like this, and then also like you could go to go well for me and anyway, go like point by point was problem, and then I asked her, to, but like I wasn't dick. I was like, I want you to do the same thing to me. What she did, and it's like that's how we talked about it, and because it was a bit of a rough patch in a bit of lockdown, which is fair enough. It was just lockdown, but like she yeah, went man, fucking nowhere fucking to go. Like it was just it was just lockdown. It was just a pandemic. I'm sure well, everyone that, like understands. That's but, like, uh, something I meant to bring up to sir. Um. Will you remember your point if I... Hopefully. If, you, if yeah. I interject. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> but it was like, yeah, it was, I think it might have been back when I wrote that thing. And I was like... Because when, when lockdown started, I was like, oh, I'm going to be so productive and stuff. And then, like, a re- like that, I think that's kind of what got me down. Is like I wasn't as, as much as I wanted to. Mm. And I realized, I was like, this is the most stressful thing we've collectively gone through in my lifetime. Like, why would this be the most productive part of my life yeah i'm gonna become a golden god out of it like yeah it was like why is it like that was like i was like sweet lockdown now i'm gonna get my head down go to work it's like this is the most like it's been weird like i don't think like i think it's kind of weird to think about you almost don't realize it's almost like we've all gotten naturalized to the stress of lockdown that you don't realize exactly how it's affecting because it is a wee bit like it's just you see, like I still go out, still it's feel always like wear fit. the mask. You, always, you it's, it's in the back of your head at all times. Yeah, even there's, if you there, think it isn't, it's working on you at all times. It's like, always there. There's there's actual like even if you're in your own house, there's no release from it because it's still happening every day. You hear about cases, you hear about deaths, yeah. some country, this, that, the other. It, it it is stressful. Like it is, no matter what anyone says. I don't care if you are excelling in quarantine, doing something. I'm sure there's a lot of days where you're not. So yeah. like. <laughs> Yeah, it's just important to remember that, like, mm. the best attention, intentions, but, uh, you always, fine. You always have the best intentions. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's all good. Um, you were talking about you and Kelly. Oh, but I was just going to say, I think that was healthy enough to do because it was more about, like, yeah, no, that's, that's direct conflict. It's essentially, that's going with, this is what I... But like, that's bringing uh, the the crisis was already there, but you brought it to the surface. Like I feel, I feel like that's, it, I feel like, like I feel that's like exactly it, what that idea is. Like I feel like I did put like it off, you, and as the chief for like a, a couple of weeks, but that was also part of lockdown. And like a part yeah. of it was also that like you know we our two roommates moved out, and it was just us two there, and it was no leaving the house. It was no nothing. Like that's gonna that would wear on you if you were by yourself to wear on you with anyone because that's naturally like you know fucking we weren't going out it was like the first like in all fairness first month in lockdown we like didn't do anything because pure like fucking for me i'm obviously slightly higher risk like i was a wee bit terrified yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then you kind of you kind of get used to it but like it's just the way it went but like you know instead of like i was like right i'm just gonna address these things that are bothering yeah. me well another friend of mine was saying that, that basically they did he did the same thing with his uh roommate hmm. he like there was a load of things annoying him and he just like wrote them down and then 
he um went to talk to him about it and they just it just all came to head in like a really like good way and like they started communicating better and everything and it's like yeah it's, yeah, it's exactly same. like whenever he talked to me about that just like what i'm talking about now that crisis thing is like that's what came to mind i was like this is a yeah this is a really good uh like i think for me the practical way, thing the way like it, but like but just to reiterate the point it's like if you don't bring it up it's still a problem yeah it's you're still just gonna dealing be with it in an unhealthy way like, and it's probably never going to get dealt with. Yeah, it's not going to get with properly, but you are going to be reacting to it and like, but you're just going to probably be like passive aggressive or whatever. Like, and so passive aggression does still, not work. Yeah, it's still there. <laughs> you're still dealing with it. You're just, it's just not going to resolve. So just fucking. But like passive aggression is never gonna work. It's like yeah, if grow, I do this, I'm grow gonna a get single the ball and deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, yeah. Okay, if anybody does listen to this and you're like, oh, I don't want to bring up this conflict, and and you're a man because this is the only way you can work for it. I got one test landed. It's so fucking do that. <laughs> Otherwise, I got one ball, but I got more balls than you. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm beating some guy's manhood down here, or we're gonna get angry threats. Uh, <laughs> But um, yeah, no, I just thought that. But I also thought because the way that I wrote it down is because that means my thoughts are clear. They're you know because you can write it down and you can rewrite it to make it yeah. more clear. You can make you know you can kind of take out any kind of anger or sense of whatever you feel and just be like this is like the you know boil it down to actually what's bothering, what's the problem. But what that also lets for the other person to deal with is be like it's kind of what journalism is for too. It's like once you write it down, it. It's like dealing with it in a way. It's like it's written down. It's like, oh, it's not actually not that big of a deal. So whenever I think I think there was another thing that Pete Rollins brought up too. Is that like when people write love letters, it's like it's not for the person you're sending it to, really. It's for you. Yeah. It's like for you to um, understand how much you love them. Yeah, really it's like understand nice your thoughts. It's like because you send it to someone, they might just read it and be like, Meh. yeah, whatever. But it's like it's like to you, it's, it's very I, personal. Apparently, a lot of people write love letters and actually don't send them because mm. they're just like, oh, this is what I've been trying to express well there's that whole thing you know you ever hear about like uh, if you really 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 feel angry at someone or if you want to quit a job or something you think well, you're supposed to write a letter to that person that you're angry at and wait three days and if after you write that letter after three days if you still want to send it then find out and apparently yeah. like you will not send it like yeah. anytime it'll just be yeah, no, I, I actually did that as like a it's more just kind of experiment I did with myself because there was like someone I was thinking about a lot who used to be a big part of my life and I was like thinking about them a lot and I, I like couldn't try and haven't bothered resolving these thoughts. Yeah. I just started writing as if I knew I didn't have any intention to send a letter but I wrote still wrote out as like dear blah 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 and like did the whole thing and just was like just to have the just to go through that process of like as if I'm having a conversation with them. And yeah. It, it, and it does like, help. Like, just a bit of sort of closure at the end of the yeah. day of what it was. It'd be very good. But like, you know, like I actually read a very good thing on Reddit today. It was very sad, but it was like um, a woman texted a number saying, I miss you today, pumpkin. And the person texts back saying, oh, sorry, I think you have the wrong number. And then the person was like, oh, um, sorry, no, this was my daughter's number. She died three years ago. And they were like, oh, I'm so sorry. And she was like, oh, no, I knew this day would come. I just uh, always like to text her as if she was still here, but uh, thank you. I know that this is the end. 
And I was like, that's very sweet. It's very big closure. But it was just, you don't know how many texts were there previous before that person got the new number. And I was like, that's really sweet. And I know that um, there's that whole big thing. People go and sit at gravestones and talk to people and stuff. There is something about it. Because that's just, it's it's all along the same lines. The text and the writing of the, te- and the yeah. gravestones. And because like, I always think that's like, you know, it's such like an Irish thing of like, they would have been 158 today. <laughs> you know what I mean? That there. And it's just, it just means that you're still always thinking about them. They're still sort yeah. of... Which you know, which I know I love, and then there's death and all this, but you yeah. know what I mean, like still there's still a correlation between it all. Hope I think I hope. <laughs> I'm also a bit lushed. Yeah, that's alright. It's great wine. Nice. <laughs> See, I'm way ahead of you. Let's see if there's anything else. I've got some heavy shit that I probably shouldn't do halfway through a bottle of wine. Ah, <laughs> that sounds like uh, <laughs> Sounds good time to do it, to be honest. No, not the specific thing that I'm thinking of. Oh, that one. Uh, that guy Pete Rollins actually brought up a, a Philip K. Dick story. Oh, what one? Before I go into it, I'm trying to think of. What. Was it, did it become a movie, or was it just? No, it's just like a wee short story. But I'm trying to think of the reason. Well, he he, was most fit. Well, he I can't think of the. I can't think of the reason that he brought it up. He did. He uh, Philip K. Dick did best as a short story writer. By the way, if anyone wants to know, because he was considered one of the great artists, and only became famous after he died, and that's the only way he survived by money. Oh, I think I remember the point of the story now. But uh, was this? Um, you can help me out if I butcher this. But it's this guy who. Um, well, it may or may not be he, one. I've only read like two volumes of his he, short stories. He so realizes like. that um, the like all the ants and the slugs are gonna start an uprising and take over the humans. No, I've definitely not read that no. story because I would definitely re- <laughs> I would definitely remember that. It's way wrong. Some of Philip K. But the funny thing is, like a lot of Philip K. Dick stuff is weird. And he told me that. It's like sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> even when he, whenever he started telling it, I was like, this sounds familiar. <laughs> or this, I don't know. There was like some kind of. It's like that sounds about right. Yeah. But um yeah, it's like the all the like insects in the world are um not aphids, no. Scanner darkly. Don't think so. They're gonna like take over the take over the world. But this guy develops the ability to read their minds one day and he finds out. So then they start uh, they realise then that he knows, so then they start attacking him. Mm. But then uh the spiders come come down from the ceiling and they're like, oh, don't don't lose hope just yet. Um, it's gonna be okay. Uh, there's still hope. And the guys like, okay, 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 it's grand. It's like, and the bugs are getting closer, and they start crawling over. And it's like, it's like, it's like, oh, it's alright. There's still hope. And it's like, and then the spiders after a while start leaving. And the guy's like, I thought you said there's still hope. And it's like, oh no, you're fucked. There's <laughs> there's still hope for the rest of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> but um. I think his point was just to do with like um the he was talking about like people who were coming to the end of their life were able to find solitude in the fact that they their life was ending but they were part of part of human life and they there's they people like down the line they'd family and all that were going to keep them going and that was like a nice and like their family's doing well so that they're happy with what they're leaving behind sort of and stuff like yeah that. it actually it actually helped me when he said that because there was like a there was like a story i wrote like a science fiction or i don't even know it was science fiction i guess it was science fiction ish 
but it was like this idea that I had the and I wrote it all out and I didn't know what the ending was and I think it kind of helped me work it out but it was just to do with like it wasn't even really a story but it was something that I'd been doing at the time of like taking those little thoughts that I have and just working them into a story to kind of yeah just you to, to get an idea and like how yeah. would that develop because it was like concept. something in my head but it was more just like oh you know the way it's like we're worried about our life and then we die and then you can be like, oh, well, like some people be after us. And then, but then if you like go way on out, you eventually get to the point where like at the some, po- at some point, even if humanity survives forever, there's still going to be the heat death of the universe. So it's like, there's still an end. Yeah. No matter what we do, we're not, no matter, even if you're the most famous person in the history of the world. Yeah. What about other worlds? What about everything else? Yeah. We're going to, the universe will end. There is an end. Yeah. Basically. So it's like. So I kind of started writing a story of like from the point of view of someone at the end of the universe, yeah. and then I was, but I was like, I don't know what the point of this is. <laughs> yeah. But then I was kind of thinking maybe that is the point. It's like the person was just maybe he realizes that just being a part of humanity was was the was was, was, was the accomplishment. Like you yeah. got to experience life and nope. so many. If you think of like all the. Fuck, I wrote down a really good thing that I'll bring up after this. <laughs> um, like, if you think of all the matter in the universe and you think of the small percentage of it that became conscious and the smaller percentage that became conscious and was aware of his consciousness, a human, then, I, I don't know. Guess human that, maybe or unknown alien species we have not met? Well. There was an interesting... But, but uh, like, maybe that's the... Maybe that's enough. Mm. It's like you could have been this bit of bad post. Yeah. Or you could have woken up and been like, ah. Dude, I just read something recently. I can't remember. It was definitely on some science fiction thing as well. And it's like, do you know what's quite funny is, do you know what would be the most scary thing about <laughs> meeting an alien species? If they were also pretty much human. Wouldn't that be more scary? Because we always imagine aliens mm. as being... Uh, usually, you know, the most common thing is the kind of oval black eyes and the grey, like, yeah. long, like, bodies. But if they looked and acted exactly like us, that would, for some reason, it be more terrifying. Like, it would yeah. raise more questions, but also it would make us feel less unique. Yeah. <laughs> it would make us feel like we're almost... We're just... Um, we're just the same. We're, you know, it, it, like, can I, like, even if you want to take, like, it, a lot of people, people do like to feel like they're unique and all like there. We both want to fit in but be our own. But then in the idea of the universe, if you were then to suddenly come across an alien species and it turns out they're exactly the same, you'd feel a bit like, almost, like the way they were put in, it's like you'd almost feel a bit distraught because you just don't suddenly feel as different or as unique or as whatever that you want. And it's like, that's actually a very interesting concept that I never really thought about before. It was the whole idea of like, what if they were the exact same? You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, and not some kind of like, oh, it's an alien in shape, shape, and form, just genetically the exact yeah. same. <laughs> Does that mean like that someone planted or. Were we planted by them? Were they yeah. planted by us? Does it go yeah. on like that? Are we really not that special? But, um, okay, it's getting a bit late here. So I think I've, I've got a question. Okay. I think we'll. We'll wrap up with this. So, you've heard that like kind of phrase. It's like uh, no one chose to be here. It's like we didn't ask to be born. Hmm. 
What if we did? <laughs> so as you said, that, 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 so do you mean that like so? Whenever you're the, the sperm? I don't know. I don't. I I don't know the answer to this at all. Mm. It's just a question. It's just like no, but like whenever I mean, it's like so. That's what the idea of like maybe if whenever we are that essential, essentially the sperm cell fighting a race, we are the one choosing to fight it, and we were the one to choose. It's pretty interesting. I think idea. there's like I think there's a lot of ways you can. Interpret it like, it's like maybe um maybe we're, maybe we're maybe there is a collective consciousness before we're born and like that we forget about and yeah what, what, what if what if we're just sitting there and every every time something's born it's just like oh, i want to go back in yeah like maybe or maybe the whole maybe the whole idea of consciousness is like, cause why? Why did consciousness evolve? Maybe that is matter, essentially deciding. I'm gonna exist. I'm gonna be. I don't know. I was just like, I can't remember. Was in some videos like, oh, no one, no one exists on purpose. No one decides to be born. I was like, what if? What if they do? Yeah. It's like I don't know. I don't know the answer to this. And I was like, I'm just gonna wait to, to have you here, and we can <laughs> explore what that question even means. Yeah. And it's very interesting because I suppose, like, I'll be honest, whenever you said it's like, oh, no one chose to be born, it's like, I know that you're going to ask me, but what if we did? And it's like, I've never actually even asked myself that. I've never even considered it for yeah, some it's reason. Such a, I, it's such a, it's such a, because we just, you, we just take the other one as fact. It's like, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, I didn't choose. But yeah. Maybe I, no one does. Maybe yeah, I did. You're just kind of born. It's like, I never even considered the idea of like, what if we did? What if in some way that we do not comprehend yeah. or understand as you're saying if there's a pool of consciousness or what if there's like a pool of consciousness in whenever we were before we were alive and we're sort of swimming out of that pool like leaving a river or maybe there's it? maybe there's some heaven and everything's bliss but maybe it just gets boring and soul and souls just periodically be like I'm gonna go back around again because mm. it's way more interesting. But just, maybe, it's just like, maybe, what are the connotations of but, what if this is so great that we've actually chosen to be here? But what if like what if, what if this is like the like a really great thing that we just don't realize we have? Yeah, we. But like, what if say we're saying we were saying earlier about like you know you don't understand happiness, you don't understand sadness. What if because if you're internally in bliss, you have to almost go through this as a rite of passage of then you understand what you're experiencing afterwards. Yeah, but maybe it's even like after you die, you return to that and that's great. But then it gets boring and then we go into the cycle again. Let's go again because that's the this is this is really heaven. Yeah. No man, this is know, it's, just like, it's just what I, it's just what I thought about it. It's like, to, it's like. But to, I just to, don't understand enter, how it never to, came to me. Do you know I know like, me I, too. I don't get. It's like how have I never like, thought of that? Like, it's just, but even just to entertain that idea, it, it feels really radical. Like it's just like it does. It kind of like, it's it's like, like your head's expanding. Like, how just, can that? What? What? What does that, that mean? mean? Yeah, that's like, why I didn't even even when I wrote it down. I was like, I'm not even gonna. I'm gonna try not to think about this because I was just like, I just love the idea of like. Let's explore this yeah, on the podcast. Like, <laughs> I really do find this so just because, like, like I know I'm still stuck in this. I'm gonna keep repeating myself. I was like, how, how have I never asked myself that before? Yeah. How if like I would consider myself supposed to be a scientist and inquisitive person? You're supposed to look at all the angles and that shit. 
it's just, but yeah, it's just a common acceptance of like, but like, yeah, what if you did choose? And what if it was an outside force or an inside force or something? It's like you're winning the race as a fucking sperm cell going to find the egg. And what if it's, what if it's genuinely a race because it's almost like a competition or yeah. if it's like... They're all alert souls as well. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Just being like, turn, no, no, it's my turn. You know, like, you know, like, I want this. I want this more than anything. It's literally like the most sought after thing possible. It's like, why? <laughs> like, uh, uh, I don't... Or maybe we are all just parts of the universe and the universe trying to experience itself. And it, like, the, there is some unifying force just being like, you know that like that idea it's like yeah. where the universe experiences itself yeah and it's just it's this like maybe the universe is actually making a choice every time someone's born to be like mm. i want to despite what you might think you might you might feel there is some kind of input that your life will be giving to the that reminds me that's like back to pete rollins again he said that was like his uh twitter handle something to do with that hang on two seconds problem you can edit all this out <laughs> so it sounds like a fluid conversation <laughs> i don't think there actually will be that much edit in this no just the uh whatever that was that bit was at the start oh yeah he's a pyro pyro theist or something as well anti-social influencer <laughs> that's pretty nice yeah pyro theology or something was like another thing that he um it's kind of, I think he like um, came up with that term. Because hmm. uh, he's on fire by theology? I think it's just more of like a, kind of like tied to that radical theo- theo- what was the other thing? Radical, th- radical theologian. Theologian, yeah. Fire theology is like a thing he penned. Hmm. I don't know. How Which is like an offspring of the uh, I don't know how to theology. I don't know Twitter enough to know what. I don't know either. I don't use Twitter. Yeah, me neither. But he said on the podcast, it was like, it was his um. Twitter handle. I'm a fragment of the universe. <laughs> something, something. It was yeah. really, it was really nice the way he worded it. I'm trying hmm. to find it. Yeah, that's nice, that too. Yeah. Like Alright, that's something I'm definitely going to be thinking about because I feel like that's almost... It's too big of a question to spring on me, man. <laughs> it's too much of a thought process to spring on me. It's like, what do you think about that? I don't know yet. My <laughs> mind's still trying to work that out. Like, yeah, sure, well... Um... Those will be something well, we come back to. That'll yeah, be we'll, the start we'll, of the next one. Well, and right? now, and then we can uh, ponder it overnight. And I just, like, but you see, it's just because like, there's so many it's, questions. It's just a question that has. Well, it's like how how do how did I choose? So, say, say you take this. Yeah, there's true. Yeah, there's there's so many. It it like raises so many other questions. Like what? Okay, it is true. What does that even mean? Yeah, how did I know it was true? Yeah. Why did I choose it was true? For what? Like the fucking. What what does it mean that I chose it true? But like, I think what like, what am I trying for it, to achieve? For it to be, <laughs> for it to be true adds this inherent importance to being alive. alive. I think, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Like 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 what am I trying like, to achieve? We, what am I trying to so, do? Why are we so willing to accept that this is an accident? Yeah, 
where we so willing to accept that like because it is a kind of a like like the reason that idea is popular it's like we didn't choose to be born because it seems right and it's but very, also it is a, like a it's a depressing point of view it is the same it thing. is like nihilistic too yeah but w- like why are we so willing to accept that yeah it's like why don't we look at the other way but like as you're saying it just it raised so many questions it was just pure racing it was like like if 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 we were to accept this to be true what are we what are we all trying to do and achieve here and to be honest the way i would look at it is there's as much evidence to say well you could say well scientifically whatever about it there but yes, I don't know if, but it's this, it's almost like a flip of the coin of we didn't choose to be here to we chose to be here you could almost argue that of saying it's it's equal of a possibility do you know do you know what I mean yeah do you remember like we were saying the simulation theory is like it's never zero it's zero to one it's like this is like well it's it's not it's not zero we're not definitely sure there's still still gonna be some mean of doubt um integer remainder of doubt that there could be a possibility that we are here because we chose to be here but why <laughs> why did we choose why? why did I choose to be here <laughs> what did I do like come on <laughs> it's very interesting like, yeah. I just why how have I never thought of that before like I just, I'm really amazed like I'm really amazed here like well my job here is done done yeah I know like uh, pure gobsmacked at myself it's like and I thought I was open minded I don't know yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's a good place to end on because then see people, because, for tonight. because then if people listen and then uh, they come back to the next episode, and we can give our ideas where they have their own. Yeah, we'll all be f- back tomorrow. All five of you people, thank you. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow with more questions, with more news, and maybe some answers. But I'm not gonna promise that. <laughs> probably just more questions. Yeah, probably just. Uh, we're probably gonna get nowhere, but we're gonna we're gonna have fun trying to figure it out. Yeah, we got we got wine to finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need ketchup. <laughs> I'm finished my bottle. You finish your bottle? Alright. Stay safe. This is right not there. a good sign for me. <laughs> stay 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 sing. Stay classy. Mm. Stay classy saying you San Diego. Boss.
to worthless In that regard we're all exactly the same It doesn't mean that we should all just care less Need each other in a world that's this insane